Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today we're going to have one of our one of our favorite guests. They say once a Marine, always a Marine. So yes. I guess technically always a Marine, but she was a JAG officer in the U.S. Marine Corps. She served uh, in the uh, uh, probably a more dangerous stint in uh, media yes. uh, r- r- reporting over the last few years and uh, is currently on staff as a Trump uh, attorney, uh, Christina Bob. Yay! Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome back. It's always a highlight. Yeah, I always tell people you have this interesting combination. You could beat someone at chess or probably break their arms either way <laughs> just as easily. You know, you're this dual dual threat. That's funny. Well, I turned 40 last year. I just turned 41 this year. And so um, I don't know that I can. I have the physical <laughs> capabilities that I had before. But well, A lot of times uh, it doesn't matter if you can. It's just you need to keep that reputation up. That's I need true. people to think. That's right. That's yes. right. I still got it. I still got that's it. That's a big part. You're like, hey. <laughs> You know, yeah, they, they, they used to, so it got you, got your A game, but man, I'll tell you what, you're definitely not getting any weaker mentally or emotionally. Cause no. you're like at the tip of the spear. We're of seeing se- you everywhere. When, when Arizona audit was going like, look who's right there. When this is like, you know, everywhere you go, you seem to be in the eye of the storm and yeah, it hasn't it's funny. changed a bit. And David, I love the analogy. I think it was the last time, one of the times I was on your show before, and I have actually used it on other shows. You were like, you remind me of Forrest Gump. And I was like, that's actually <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I end up in these situations, but I just like show up and there's a problem. So. <laughs> but not just Because you like, have solutions. It, well, and the biggest thing <laughs> yeah. the world's focusing yeah. on at that moment, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there yeah. she is. What yep. do you know? So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you probably like pinch yourself like I need to change my thoughts or or, or something. But it's but it's good. I do think there is a there is an element to that of um, even if you go to like to the Bible and look, most people weren't mentally like it's not like David got up thinking I'm going to go look for a giant or something right. like that. But when right. he did, mm-hmm. you know, he was you know, prepared. Like God mm-hmm. was preparing somebody mm-hmm. in private that when the the public opportunity came and everybody was backing up, he leaned into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think yeah. there's a lot of historical preference of of, of like a a biblical character building their resume so someday I can, you know, be thrown off a ship and eaten by a whale and then save a whole city. You know, it's like they don't right. think like that. It's just they, they go through things and they test out well. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. opportunity comes and that character is not developed. It's just revealed. And that kind of seems to encompass your story. Well, thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I've joked with a few people that you know, God doesn't tell you what he's going to throw your way. He's like, hey, I've got this great thing for you to do. And you go, okay, great, I'll do it. And you don't realize there's giants between where you are and where <laughs> yes. you're going. Yep. It's like, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> True. You know, and, and David gets a lot of credit for what he did, but you got to keep in consideration. He was offered like the king's daughter. He was offered, yeah. well, there was, you know, there was some carrots on the other side of the giant too. Plus, yeah. Yeah. plus he wanted to do the right thing, but. Yep. It was it was incentivized all the way around. Yeah, so right. so that's good. We're we're in it. We're in a crazy time. I want to go down a list of things with you that you have kind of unique insight on. But mm-hmm. I, I I I I wake up each morning praying nothing bad comes out about the Biden family. Because I'm not sure Trump can take any more abuse. Right. It's like please don't find any more dirt on Joe Biden. Trump just can't handle it. And it's crazy uh, right. how much are connected. You know, so when something comes yeah. out about Biden, it seems like the indictment comes out against Trump. You know, it's like, what is going on? And we saw this interesting clip on um, Jesse Waters. We want to play it for you and kind of get some of your thought. But he's actually setting it up. Look at this date. Look what happened yeah. to Trump. Look what happened to Hunter Biden. Look what happened to Trump. So let's play this real fast. 
Now, the timing of this indictment was coordinated to take the heat off Biden. This is the third time this has happened. You ready? On March 17th, Hunter admitted the laptop was his. And on the very next day, Trump received word Alvin Bragg was indicting him in New York. On June 8th, an FBI document broke that Ukraine paid Biden a $5 million bribe. And the next day on June 9th, Biden's DOJ indicts Trump on the Mar-a-Lago documents. Yesterday, on July 31st, a Biden insider told Congress that Biden spoke with Hunter Biden's business partners dozens of times. And Hunter was paid handsomely to get his dad to fire the prosecutor in Ukraine. And then today, August 1st, Biden's Justice Department indicts Trump on January 6th charges. This isn't a coincidence. Anytime Biden's in trouble, Trump pays for it. And the news cycle flips. Wow, it's pretty interesting. What, so, are, your, what are your thoughts on that? So What's you, your take? Yeah, you understand the legal and the news cycle, yeah. how these things work. Break it down. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you have to have any type of special knowledge to see it for what it is. I mean, I see it exactly the same way you, you guys do. Uh, they're, they're going after Donald Trump as a cover-up. The whole thing is a cover-up and the whole thing is fake. Uh, the Biden crime family is in some hot water right now and they're certainly under the microscope. And so they're indicting Donald Trump for the crimes that Joe Biden committed. Uh, that's, that's what's going on here. And they always seem to flip it on the exact same thing. Yep. Like, like this, yep. this regime there, they're the kind of people that like, you know, if somebody walked in on their spouse cheating, they'd be like, I'm not cheating. You're cheating. <laughs> no, I just walked in on you cheating. Right. No, not me. You are, you know, and, and yeah. it, it's like, it's like always the opposite. It's, it's like, like projecting their mm-hmm. own crimes on their opponents. Right. Well, the reason they do that is because Republicans have accepted it for decades, mm-hmm. 40 plus years, whatever, when, you know, they, this whole idea of you're a racist, you're a bigot, this isn't new. They're doing it louder and more vehemently now, but they've been doing that for a while. You know, remember 10, 20 years ago, they were saying tolerance, if, you know, if you don't accept whatever kind of woke policy we have, you're intolerant. We don't like you. And Republicans cowered. And they were like, oh, yeah. well, we don't want you to not like us. Mm-hmm. And look at where we are. I mean, but yeah. that's why they do it. And that's why they're screaming. And they have this such this nasty message uh, because it's worked. You, I was going to say, you made a comment um, actually earlier before we started recording, and I'd like you to to talk about it a little bit, because we're just talking about how much is actually coming out, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, from the Bidens. So talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So we were kind of joking about the Jesse Waters video, and I I do think that the the timeline is very interesting, and I think it it matches exactly as Jesse did. But I also think that there's so much coming out on Joe Biden that any day of the week that they want to indict Donald Trump is going to line up with something that's being exposed about the Biden family. Like we just had, you know, Congress just updated that, oh, now it's $20 million that the Mm -hmm. Biden crime family received from all of these other countries. And I don't think it's going to stop at 20. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is all stuff that's confirmed from bank records given to Congress. So there's so many opportunities to create this timeline of, oh, well, we found this, so let's do something bad to Trump. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's just every day bad stuff is coming out about Joe Biden. Well, you, do, you, do you feel like there will be an accelerator to that as it goes? Um, 
like, because there was so much resistance early, you know, it's kind of easy maybe to mm-hmm. call in a favor and, hey, mm-hmm. kind of put the squash on this or something. The IRS agents were receiving, you know, resistance. You know, the DOJ would put mm-hmm. up blocks. There's there's all these things. But do you think as it goes along and more comes out, and like I said, the bank records, they put this out, and that's dealing with limited access and people right. just willing to do a lot of work. Do you think as that moves along, people within those machines will begin cooperating less likely to like hide a thing or delay it or hold it or it'll accelerate Mm -hmm. the more participation there is inside that mechanism just for self-preservation alone within that process. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything is accelerating. And I think that's part of the reason why Jack Smith is pushing so hard for a quick trial in this January 6th case. Uh, you know, he requested seven trial in 70 days. I mean, this is a case that should take years to put together. It supposedly took them years to put it together. And mm-hmm. they want to throw, you know, John Laura and his team into the ring in a couple months. You can boil it down to weeks, 70 days. I mean, um, they are pushing to make this go quickly because of your point that everything on the Biden side is unraveling. And so they're trying really hard to get rid of their political opponent because they're having trouble. They need to solidify and cement their grasp on power before they lose it. Because uh, I think I think it's pretty clear that Donald Trump certainly is the Republican nominee and very likely the next president of the United States under the current circumstances. So they're doing everything they can to take him out because everything's unraveling. Mm-hmm. What would take him out from the race? Is there anything that they could do? Because even if he was put in prison, he can still run. Is that correct? Is yeah. there anything that would yeah. take him out of the race? I don't see anything illegally, but I also don't think that this is a legal indictment. I don't think it's mm. legitimate. Uh, it violates the First Amendment. It violates uh, several of President Trump's rights. It, it violates every American's right to uh, have a candidate. You know, it, it, it infringes yeah. on voting rights because they're trying to impact voters. So I think I don't think that they're u- truly using the legal process. So if we're just looking at the American justice system and how things work, I don't think that there's anything that can, but I'm not putting my guard down because I i am concerned that they could mm-hmm. go outside the legal system. So we'll see what they do. And definitely working with optics. You know, they're trying everything that they can. And it seems like the, mo- the more they push Trump, it just seems like the stronger he gets, like, you know, in interviews or, um, you know, he just he just has this, hey, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to, to do this. He doesn't seem scared in any way or fearful or backing down. The harder they push, that so seems like he just keeps yeah. coming. It's interesting yeah. to see that. And even with what they're doing, doing in Georgia, you know, there's a sheriff, Patrick, I think it's Labatt, I don't know, it's Fulton County, but he had a, a quote that said, unless somebody tells me differently, we are following our normal practices. And so it doesn't matter your status, we'll have a mugshot ready for you. So there hasn't been any mugshots in any of the past ones. What's your thought on that? Um, I mean, I think they're political thugs. They think that they're going to you know, be historical figures that took down Donald Trump, whatever. And they're, u- they're abusing their office. Um, but like everything else they're doing, everything they do to try to abuse Donald Trump comes back mm-hmm. to bite them. Mm-hmm. So if they actually do take a mugshot, I anticipate it will go viral and be a, a rally cry for the MAGA <laughs> movement. So, you know, it'll be on t-shirts everywhere, but, um, yep. oh, yeah. you know, true. I that thought is of very that. true. That's a good idea. We should get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean that there's, there's two things that with, with president Trump that have happened, we saw with the original primaries in, in 15 and 16 and when he was, you know, that is 
he's been in the public so long, he didn't come into this with any secrets. Like, there's not going to be a news yeah. release tomorrow about Willie Nelson smoking weed or something. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, I mean, when you're when you're upfront about something and it's already out there. So, you know, uh, he, he was kind of already like this, like, you know, mud monster, you know, that that yeah. they were afraid of ever getting anything on mm-hmm. them. And he just like, I'm you already know anything you wouldn't like about me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, let, let's go. He doesn't seem to, you know, he can get in those frays because he is honest. He knows who he is and what he's about. And it doesn't seem to, where he gets weaker and tries mm-hmm. to go around it. He just embraces it and punches yeah. back. Yeah. Donald Trump is not the one with secrets in this equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Biden and the others. Um, where's the Epstein client list? You know, if Donald Trump were on that client list, don't you yeah. think we'd have oh, it? Definitely. So, yeah, he's you know he's not on it. He has nothing to do with that. But I would imagine that other government officials do. Um, so, and I, you know, I obviously haven't seen it. I don't know who would be on it. But people in powerful places have gone to great lengths to make sure it doesn't see the light of day. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's the one with secrets trying to no. hide or protect anything. And you see him almost shine more now during you know the f- first year or so uh, where where Biden was was in D.C. Trump was a little less visible, you know, yeah. and, 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 and maybe the next year, but the, the more he's like engaged in these battles, it's like, he looks like healthier and, and happier. Mm-hmm. Like, like the more he's yeah. actually back in the fight, you know, he, he's, he needs to be in the ring, not in the stands. And it's like, put it, put together one of those tents, you know, that has those rods, you know, when you, when you bend them, you know, and then put them in their, their holder, like the more tension, the more tension yeah. that's mm-hmm. on them, they create a strength and a resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you yeah. tweak them, the harder that, that there's more, more tension. He seems to just like thrive in a fight. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's true. And I think everything that is coming against him is making him stronger. And his first administration was rough with the media and with mm-hmm. the way his own administration was working against him and yeah. um, trying to tear him down. He can see it now in a way that, you know, he has a different perspective now that he's out, he can get back in it and have a better perspective of what needs to happen in the government. And uh, I think you're exactly right. I think Trump's second term is going to be great when we have a president who is dedicated and committed to the constitution, committed to freedoms of the American people. And he's also not afraid and doesn't bend. Yeah. You brought up media. And I was just thinking this earlier, you know, with everything coming out about the Bidens and all of that, I don't know how much of it is covered on mainstream media, um, especially CNN, MSNBC, all of that. How much accountability is there for not getting information out that maybe the masses should know? No accountability. I I haven't seen it yet. Have you? Yeah, (laughs) no, I know. I don't don't know. Um, So accountability uh, you know, I, I don't think there's much people mm-hmm. report whatever they want. The big networks report whatever they want. But what it is causing to happen, the consequence of the media not honestly covering these stories, I think, is, you know, flyover conservatives. It's these other other alternative options to mm-hmm. mainstream media that people are tuning into. And it actually is creating an opportunity for folks like yourself and, you know, some of my other friends that have podcasts to actually have an audience that is like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I'm sick of Fox news. I'm sick of CNN. I'm sick of all this other stuff. I'm going to get my news somewhere else. And I, I love that. I know it's kind of like a cultural, uh, not not a joke is a harsh word, but kind of a cultural joke. Like, Oh, everybody has a podcast these days, but I think it's great because it means that media is getting decentralized. We need to decentralize everything, especially media, uh, because more people need to have voices and everyone's voice 
needs to be amplified. And right now we're crushed under the big three, but that's changing. That's a great point. You know, we would say if they were doing their job, we wouldn't have one. Yep. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. You know, and you know, in most days I wish they were doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just got literally frustrated when it, you know, it was during, you know, the height of COVID. We'd look at doctors with 10,000 patients yep. or more treating them at home. They had methods that worked, you know, people like Dr. Mark Sherwood, Zivazolinko, you know, these guys, they had, you know, no deaths. And I'm like, then you turn on the TV and you're like, it's just death ticker and all this. I'm like, why don't they interview these guys? Mm -hmm. You know, why don't they have one of them? Yeah, well, they don't interview those guys because that's not the story they want to tell, right? Exactly. Right. And so that's kind of what what caused all this. We're like, Mm -hmm. well, somebody needs to interview these guys that actually seem to be doing something that's working. Yep. And you know, and kind of, you know, there there it goes. But I wish, you know, anything that's rare is valuable. And the truth has just become rare. We're, we're even yeah. the ability to like, we're going to do our best to tell the truth. I can't say we're 100% right on everything. We're learning and studying every day. But I think our audience knows like, hey, they're going to do their best to present this mm-hmm. and call balls and strikes. You know, Paul Ryan's a Republican, but I'll say he's he's a, a weasel because of this, this, and this. Or, you know, or, or follow the funding or what people do mm-hmm. or how they vote or, you know, have a have a standard where you're not just all in one way or the other. You know, and I think I think yeah, the how rare that is has made it more valuable. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're absolutely right. And um, pe- people, I think people are starting to recognize the ring of truth as well, because uh, you get so we got I, at least for myself, I got so used to just hearing the mainstream media and like subconsciously knowing it's not true and being like it's a bunch of hot air. Yeah. But I think now when you hear truth, you go, oh that you know that's it. Okay. Man, it's a good point. Yeah, that is very true. That's interesting because um, when we actually started our podcast, uh, I was just spending time with the Lord, and He told me at that time that you know sources that we had trusted for so long for truth were no longer going to be giving truth, and it was time for discernment. And uh, and I, I think we are. Our discernment has increased, and I think we're kind of finding that across the board. More and more people are the same thing. Same things happen to them as well. Yep, but, I think so. Mm-hmm. And again, across the board, you know, personal responsibility on like, well, you know, my pastor says this, but you know, I probably should read the Bible myself. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. it's like like those kind of Novel things. Where, concept. Yeah. Right. Where, exactly. Where people just kind of default to an authority. It's like, well, my yeah. doctor says this, so I guess I'll take yeah. what's in it. I don't know what's in it. You know, and it, will it conflict with what this doctor gave you? I don't know. I didn't ask. You know, it's just right. my doctor said. Like that mentality, yeah. I think, is gone, mm-hmm. and people are like, that's, I I better look this up myself. Nobody really cares about this like I do. Yeah, you're right. That and that's a really important point because that's true across the board, across industries, and it's true for our elections too. You know, I travel around the country at the rallies and um, talking to folks on election integrity issues, and I hear from a lot of people. They come up to me and they want to know the election's secure, and they want to know that somebody, you know, has fixed the problem. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what have you done about it? Because Boom. the only way the elections get fixed is if you fix your precinct. We have to fix this precinct by precinct up to the county level, because certainly, you know, we've been waiting for a few years now and, you know, the election Messiah hasn't arrived, right. you know? Right. So, um, it, you know, and, and people will write me nasty comments like, you're so naive, you're so gullible, nobody's done anything. Right, well, have you done anything? Because that's the way, that's the way right. this is fixed. That's how change, so, that's how change comes. Yep. It's a great point. You know, we always say here uh, that, we all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. <laughs> but what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And that's, that's what has exactly been right. very obvious over these last couple of years that that's what we have to do. But it's exciting to, to see President Trump 
in the ring. It's inspiring. Oh, his example is perfect. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. It's an, it's exciting. I want to talk to you as, as we finish up here. Talk a little bit about polls because it mm-hmm. seems like the more they come after President Trump, the higher it goes in the polls. It's got to look, kind of look at the the, the yeah. GOP list of of you know. It's almost like. I don't know. It's like an NFL team or somebody like, who'd you draft this year? Like who's, who, who do we got coming in? Like, you know, we, we had an okay season last time, but like, who do we got, you know, that's going to make it different, you know, kind of look at the, cause it becomes a little bit baseball cardish because like, I couldn't say Ramaswamy, you know, uh, to start with. <laughs> you had to practice that. Yeah. Now it's around so much. It kind of becomes a thing, you yeah. know, and, and then yeah. I'll kind of, cause you start learning like baseball card, like stats, like, okay, who are they? what they do? What was his batting average? What yeah. did he, you know, mm-hmm. how to get his money, yeah, yeah. you know, this kind of stuff. And so you look at this, this, this pool of talent and um, it's just interesting how it, it's shaken out. I think the number one draft pick that the, the first quarterback taken in the draft, everybody thought was going to be Ron DeSantis. And uh, he's just struggling on the playbook. I would say everybody thought that. Yeah. No, true. Well, the, true. Actually, that was the media hype. Yeah. You know, the me- it, well, that's what, that's what it, they it, wanted. And there's a reason yeah. they wanted that. I mean, I know some of your your viewers are DeSantis fans, so I'm not trying to, you know, I, I think I, most I of wanna... Trumpers. It, well, it, it is okay. what it is. And either he's gaining traction or isn't gaining traction. I don't care how good Tim Tebow was, was in never, college. How does this translate? How do you do here? Yeah. He was always, he was always the... Uh, the counter narrative to Trump always. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. I mean, I'm a Florida voter and I voted for him all excited to be like, yes, I voted for DeSantis. Sure. And then we learned pretty quickly that he was not who we thought he was. It is, it's not, and that's why, that's why his polls, right, exactly. That's why mm-hmm. his polls never, never connected because he was never what the media wanted us to believe that he was. Well, you know, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stick with this, you know, NFL draft analogy here, you know, for a minute, football's kind of building up in the background. I'll joke with my son a lot, you know, when, it, when a player's drafted, they, they, they go off these stats at the combine so much where they bring him in and they grade him. How, how many times can you, what are your reps on the bench press? What was your 40 speed? What was your, and, and, and sometimes people go and they test out so well, it's like, well, this is the next, mm-hmm. this is the next whoever. Right. And, and so my, my joke is always like, you know, if you're so good, how come you're not that good? Um, <laughs> that's a good point. I like that because yeah. sometimes, like those stats, don't translate. Sometimes they forget about. Well, this guy played college football for three years. Did you watch any of the tape? You right. know, because they forget about their yeah. whole track record because of well, this could be the next mm-hmm. thing. And so if you're, yeah. if you're if you're so good, how come you're not that good? And I think once OTAs and training camp and all this started, DeSantis, people can kind of grade him based on his actual play on the yeah, field. And he, and it's I mean, not he's outed up. himself. It's not holding mm-hmm. up. He's outed himself. He's come out against Trump. He has said Trump lost the election. Like he has outed himself as a full swamp creature, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's done it in, in my opinion, in a, a gross, ugly fashion. But I'm grateful for it because you know when I first started coming out and saying, "Hey, DeSantis isn't who he's saying that he is," I lost a lot of followers. People got mad at me, and they were like, "Oh, you shouldn't be attacking Republicans." First of all. My entire reporting career was spent attacking Republicans. So if you thought you were going to come to my page and think I wasn't going to attack Republicans, I'm sorry, you came to the wrong page. But, but it, I mean, that, that's the honest to God truth yeah. is he, he just wasn't who he purported to be. And now he's outed it. And I think everybody can see it now. All yeah, right. I got, no I got a question for you. What do all three of us have in common? We're all so good looking. Yes. <laughs> not the not the obvious. We're all pulling. Oh, okay. We're all pulling at about the same place as as Mike Pence uh, currently. Oh my oh, gosh! So it, oh, we're 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 in a we're in a, a, a four way tie. The three of us and Mike and Pence. And we don't even run it at zero percent. Uh, 
really you know, funny. Well, he started out really low and then yeah. shot himself in the foot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to get even worse with this uh, January 6th trial because he's going to come out against Donald Trump and he's going to try to, he thinks he can split this hair that he cannot split where he can testify against Trump and try to get a conviction on Donald Trump, but not say that anything illegal happened. And I mean, he's a government witness that is going to try to try to pretend like he's not saying something bad. And, you know, it's going to be like this real mushy kind of gross testimony, yeah. uh, which will be great. You know, I know John's looking forward to that because he's prepared for it. Goodness but, uh, John Loro, the, the trial attorney. So I, yes. I, he's not I don't think he's actually going to do any damage to Donald Trump. Right. But I just mean he's going to damage his reputation. Yeah. Is what I mean, so as bad as it is right now. It's gonna get worse. Wow. wow. Chris Christie's got to be loving it because he's got to be like, yeah. keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're making me look smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, got, true. it's got to be his favorite thing. What What are your takes on this as we go? If If Ramaswamy passes DeSantis in mm-hmm. this primary before it really even gets rolling, before first debate, um, what would that? Would, would that just be like just a death blow? Like it'll never recover? Like how could oh, how could that yeah, happen? What would happen to DeSantis' <laughs> yeah. campaign if Ramaswamy moves past him? Because he seems yeah, to be the, DeSantis the only one I with mean, his, gaining traction that people hear him talking like, well, that made sense. Mm-hmm. And he's also the only kind of semi-outsider um, that's done something. You know, he's built yeah. a business or done. He's, he's, he's had he signed both sides of a check before. Yeah. No, Ron DeSantis' career is over. Like he mm-hmm. will never hold public office again unless, and this is the only reason he's in the race, he is hoping that the swamp can successfully take Donald Trump out um, mm-hmm. and take him down and that Ron DeSantis gets to be, you know, this MAGA light savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's delusional, but that's what he's banking on. And so, I mean, all, all of them, quite frankly, are banking on the swamp successfully taking Donald Trump out. And so from my opinion, that's why none of them should hold office, because mm-hmm. in order for them to get into office, they have to come into agreement with the swamp. And so I, you know, just before I did the show, I was on a, a local radio show in Ohio and the the guy was the I'm sorry, the radio show host was like, you know, if Donald Trump gets taken out, hypothetically, this is all hypothetical, but if Donald Trump gets taken out. Uh, you know, who's the next best candidate? And I said, at that point, we don't have a choice because it, mm-hmm. the choice has already been made for us. So yeah. I don't, there is no other choice. And he's like, well, that can't be right. You know, Nikki Haley isn't the same as Joe Biden. And my point is, but I don't get to choose any of it. So what difference right. does it make? So, um, and that's, I mean, quite honestly, that's how I feel about all of this. If you were to ask of most them, of our listeners, they're just going to grab somebody out. They, they would want like, okay, let's do a redo. Let's do a redraft. You know, and, right. uh, and let's it would do be a like, write in and whoever, yeah. everybody be a write in. Exactly. And you put on to be like, Dana, people take Dana White from the UFC first. Exactly. <laughs> or, exactly. or just and, some kind of doer that's not some woke political correct yep. activist, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. That's, so that's, I think all of them, all of the candidates that are in the race are not going to go anywhere. No. Okay. Let's bounce the other side real quick and get your, your commentary on that. Um, they, the more they seem to try to push down RFK Jr., I mean, they're, they're, they've denied him uh, Secret Service. They've denied right. him protection. You know, I mean, he probably needed a lot of protection before, just with his stance on, you know, vaccines. You know, right. uh, people, you know, some blue-haired wokester want to take him out for that. Um, what do you see happening there? Because he seems to be, and I've used this analogy a couple times with guests. He RFK seems to be a little bit like um, 
Have you ever gained a little bit of weight? I don't think you ever have. But uh, but you <laughs> just in general, like, when people have gained, like, weight. like just people in general, um, you know, you don't, you don't see it daily in the mirror, but then you see a photo and you're like, whoa, what happened? What happened? You know, like yeah. like yeah. that can sneak up on you. And I think there's a lot of Democrats that have kind of just slowly been boiled like a frog, and then RFK speaks, and they're like, oh, we used to we used to really believe in free mm-hmm. speech. Yeah. We used to really believe in individual mm-hmm. rights. We used to really believe in, you know, some of these these big issues that they have sort of become th- the face of being against. I, I think yeah. he's that for the Bill Maurer crowd and, and some of these guys, he, he seems to almost be that photo that reminds him of, of a problem that's crept up in a and unique way. That's a way. really good analogy. I think it's very uh, pointed. RFK Jr. is the spotlight in this whole thing to remind everybody what the Democrat Party used to be. Uh, I think I think he's great. I don't agree with all of his policies. I don't agree with his position on on a few things. But I believe that he is a good American who wants what's best for the country, and he's using his own opinions and political policies to get there. He's not, you know, controlled or manipulated by anybody else. Uh, I think Donald Trump RFK standoff in the general election would be the best thing for the American mm-hmm. people. But unfortunately, RFK has to get through. RFK Jr. has to get through. The Democrat Party, and I just don't think they'll ever let him have the nomination. Um, I would love to, honestly, I would love to see him come over to Team Trump, yes, and uh, and be involved in that way. I would love to see. This is just Christina having fun daydreaming, but yeah. I would love to see Donald Trump make him the director of the CIA. That I mean, would be they incredible. Kill his father, his his uncle. I just I got mean, goosebumps. When you said me that. too. That is a great idea. So, I mean, there's a lot of great places for him, right? He could be a special prosecutor on the COVID stuff. He could be at mm-hmm. Health and Human Services. And, like, there are so many great places for him in a Trump administration. The Democrats will never, I mean, because he is so good for America and good mm-hmm. for the American people, yeah. Democrats will never let him win. They can't have that. And he seems to have no. uh, a predetermined moral compass mm-hmm. versus a typical yeah. DC windsock that's sort of. Uh, okay, so this is what we're doing today. To do. Yeah, yeah they the script. have their he, handlers. He's yeah. worked yeah. out these issues in private. And so when he's discussing them in public, he's not like, you know, hey, what do we mm-hmm. think? Or uh, he's not he's not playing this. Like when you see the the Mike Pence and these guys, you, you feel like there's already a book deal that's been negotiated in the background right. and, and, and your your kid's going to get a uh, an award for something. Yeah. And it's like, so it's, know, it's why they were running in the first place. It's like, okay, we'll do yeah. this. And we got, they, they know, know that they're not getting it, but they're like, oh, maybe I'll, something good will come from it. And they could raise some money and I guess they get to keep that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens to all that, but it seems to be, you know, kind of a thing. Okay. Let's play this scenario out one last, we got about a minute left here. Um, okay. Let's just say Joe Biden's health doesn't hold up you know, in a great way. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's so obvious that even his own tribe seems to be pulling down the shields mm-hmm. a little bit on exposure. Right. That sort of reshuffles the deck there. Uh, uh, Newsom is sending out tweets mm-hmm. to raise money for something. I don't know right. if it's new teeth or what he's working on, but um, he's raising money for something. So if, if he goes down, that sort of reshuffles the deck on, mm-hmm. on that whole party. What does that then do with RFK and their shots there? And say they would, there'd be a wave of new introductions, maybe Michelle Obama, yeah. or there might be other people that would jump into that wagon, maybe, you know, Pothole Pete and some others. But what yeah. would that happen? What would happen there if for his health or say that the litigation gets too hot and they just, he's too much of a liability. Joe's going to have to want to spend time with his, his new grandkid he just found and, and just drift <laughs> off over here. Yeah. Uh, it shuffles the deck, but. I think the Democrat primaries are so 
compromised and rigged that it's, they're not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this general election is not going to be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, Donald Trump versus Gavin Newsom, Donald Trump versus anybody. It's Donald Trump versus the Washington, D.C. machine, the, the national machine. No matter, It doesn't matter who they put in that spot. That person isn't actually the one controlling it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't care who they put in there. It doesn't matter because it's not Donald Trump versus another person. It's Donald Trump mm-hmm. versus this political apparatus, this machine that they've put in place. And I think he's, I think he's going to win. But me too. Yep. To, to me, the opposition makes no difference. Ah, that's such a great point. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's such an incredible conversation. You can go to ChristinaBob.com, check out her Twitter, follow her there. Thanks again. Instagram is huge. Instagram. Definitely got to get an Instagram. And if I could, real fast, just remind everybody about my book, Stealing Your Vote. Yes. Yes. The 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Perfect. And where can they get that? Do they get that at ChristinaBob.com? They can, or, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all, all of the places. It's all there. We'll put a link down below, make yes. that easy to find. There's a picture of the book, phenomenal. And you know, we covered last time you're on here, you actually dedicated it to me, which I thought <laughs> which I thought was a nice touch. You yeah, know, uh, uh, I did. I did. So you guys can buy this book, check that out for your yourself. We'll put a link down below, make it easy for you to find wherever you're listening to this. It'll be in the show notes on Apple or or whatever uh, platform you're taking this content in. Thanks again, Christina, for your time. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back, the my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. The misinformation poses a threat to our nation's health. Climate change is an emergency. Democratic socialism. Codified. Everyone's right to choose. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, The jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. 
Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. Decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. 